So we're good to go then. Yeah, you're recording right now. I'm Robbie McDonald. And I'm Jordan Lane. We're two writers who've been friends for 15 years, holy moly. Recently, we both discovered we have the shared experience of figuring out we have ADHD in midlife. Holy Shit, I Have ADHD is a podcast for adults discovering their neurodivergence, as well as a way to spread awareness of ADHD. This is a podcast about ADHD, hosted by two people with ADHD. While each episode has a general theme, our meandering trains of thought mean that we often cover several other themes in the process. We are not experts, simply two people sharing their experiences of discovering their ADHD in midlife. If you suspect you or someone you know may have ADHD, speaking to a medical professional should be part of your discovery journey. Mercury retrograde last day, holy fuck, how many things can go wrong? Jesus Christ, all of them, over and over again. All of the things. Holy shit, what kind of a day are you having? (laughs) Um, I'm actually having a reasonably good day. It was only like the last 15 minutes that have been kind of stressy. Other than that, it's been good. Got a V12 shot, so I'm feeling fancy. Oh, nice. Yeah. I realized I called you Roberta just now. Apologies, Robbie. I, I, I am having literally the identical experience. I was about to say that, like, um, I, when I was, when I was sort of like mentally checking in with myself and being like, what kind of a, what kind of a call do I want to have? What kind of a chat do I want to have with Roberta? I was like, well, fuck Robbie. (laughs) (laughs) Again, it's it's just hardwired into your brain to call me that. It's all good. (laughs) <laughs> um but yeah so i was like okay so what, what kind of a chat do i want to have and i was like well you know what i have had a low week but mm. despite all of that i'm actually having a really good day and i was like well this is great you know like i'm gonna have a nice chat like a nice little kind of friendly catch-up or whatever no particular topic or anything just a nice catch-up and see how everybody's doing and then yeah the second we ran into tech problems and then when that was further compounded because I couldn't find my phone, like I, I physically could not locate my phone in the house to even text you to let you know what was going on on my end. And I was just like that it, it, it 180 degree turn like like that blink of an eye. And I was like just fucking pissed and like big gloom cloud and just miserable stomping around the house looking for my phone, you know, trying to figure this shit out. And then. <laughs> Again, now that things are resolved, we're a little bit short on time. We've got 40 minutes left instead of what I'd kind of anticipated. Mm. Uh, I told the group I might run long. So whatever, we've got 10, 15 extra if we want them. Um, But yeah, uh, but yeah, and I'm back in a pretty good mood again now. So it really does kind of like turn around at the at the drop of a hat just like that sometimes. So it is so yeah, (laughs) we're definitely mirroring each other in that respect, because Osvaldo was just trying to help me. And I was I was starting to like the expletives were just like pouring out of my (laughs) mouth, like fucking Apple. Why do they always do this? What's with their goddamn updates right before I have something? This was working half an hour ago. Why isn't working now? And (laughs) And just getting all testy and he's like, you'll figure it out, baby. You know, he's just calm because he knows the mood's going to pass in like five minutes. Um, (laughs) But it's just, yeah, it's so, uh, it's it's actually really cool to understand why this is now that as, you know, as part of the ADHD RSD piece where the mood's just like, come on, like out of nowhere, usually out of something that we don't have immediate control over, we can't figure out. Um, but they pass really quickly. I think that's the one thing that I really appreciate about all this is that I can be I can be like a real hurricane and freaking out and like storming <laughs> yeah. around. And then five minutes later, I'm like, what do you want for lunch? Like, I'm not even it, it's not even on my mind anymore. You know, and so it's great to yep, talk absolutely. about this stuff, you know? Yeah, totally. Because it's uh, 
it, it can be really challenging uh, for anybody in my proximity to understand like why I'm in this like rage running around and then I don't even remember it. Where it's like right. it, it's like it didn't even happen. No, I I completely understand, and and yeah, and it was it was funny because like that obviously this kind of wasn't what I had intended to talk about. What I wanted to talk about today, as a kind of a loose topic at least for me, was I was gonna like segue from you know us kind of catching up, talking about our week and why we've been so busy to kind of like I've been kind of doing a lot of like really fun creative thinking uh, in a couple of different projects lately. And yeah, and so that's just been a really, a really fun thing for me because it's like one of the positive aspects of ADHD is all mm. that kind of like cool kind of lateral thinking and synergizing and like figuring out these kind of similarities and, and ways that we can build systems that kind of like complement each other. Mm. Um, but yeah, so like, so what's, what's going on for you? Why are you having a good day today, Robbie? Uh, so I got, had a good night's sleep, um, which nice. is uh, always a bonus. So I think I slept for close to 10 hours last night. And uh, I'm getting a little bit closer to a solution as to why I've been so fatigued. So mm, um, mm. apparently my system isn't making quite enough white blood cells. So there's a, oh, there's okay. a name for it that I'm forgetting right now. <laughs> but it has to do, or it can have to do, it can be caused by low uh, B12. And um, mm. because we went pretty much full veggie with a little bit of fish, so like quasi pescatarian, um, right? Just over a year ago, just watching you move around, so funny. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm trying to reorient my tripod so that the center leg is between my two legs, so that I can sit properly with my back upright and still like get a good view of you. <laughs> Posture is key. Um, it which is. um and. Okay, so yeah, all good. Like, gotta be twelve shot today. So I feel like that's exciting. But yeah, this this piece about um, my diet probably having something to do with the fact that my B twelve is low, and from what I've read as well, um, that can also make ADHD symptoms a little bit worse. Uh, so it it feels like just a good choice to just kind of get that done. And you know, I had to pay out of pocket, but I, I'd rather just do it um, and try to take care of myself that way and, and just kind of see, because, you know, it's, it sucks to not have enough white blood cells. Like I would be prone to getting infections and all kinds of stuff. So I'm just trying to take it super easy with that. Um, and then I had a visit at the dentist yesterday that didn't go how I had hoped. She thinks one of my crowns is cracked underneath, which means mm. the tooth has to come out. They can't fix it, which sucks. Um, but I'm lucky that my dentist is like, I can walk to the end of my street go around the corner and then go, I don't even have to cross a street. Like they're right there. And that isn't awesome. like, and like very lucky for me. Um, and that they could see me right away when I was having pain. So um, my day is actually going quite well, all things considered. Um, there's a lot happening, but I'm also really grateful somehow like that, um, mm. that, you know, housing, I was able to have a decent breakfast and um, get these things done that I need to do. And, and yeah, I guess I, I, I am quite grateful, you know, like this, the ADHD stuff is, is, is bringing up a lot of things, but mm -hmm. I feel like I'm in a fairly good place to, to just deal with a lot of it, I guess. Um, I had a great conversation with, I don't know if, did you ever meet my friend Holly when I lived in Calgary? We've been friends since forever. She's like probably my oldest friend. I don't know if she ever came to iStock I've heard I was you, there. I know that you've brought her up before, I think maybe even on an episode before, but I don't know that I have met her, but, um, I'm also, uh, as a lot of people are, terrible with names. People with ADHD, I meant to say, uh, terrible with names. So <laughs> yeah. 
maybe I've met her a dozen times. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> right. Yeah. You, I think she may have been around at some, some, you know, after hours or something that we did socially when we were working at iStock together. Um, right. But she and I were talking last night and we had a nice uh, catch up conversation. Uh, she's a social worker. And she's, uh, you know, of course, right now quite busy. And, um, and I didn't realize that she's had, you know, she told me, she's told me this before, but she's, uh, her parents knew that she had ADHD as a kid, but they didn't share that information. And they, um, they just went another route with like how um, to um, empower it. her and manage it. And mm. she, for the most part, has like a really like uh, she really um, sees her hyper focus um, in a really positive light. She has really high self esteem, and she has like like endless amounts of empathy, um, which makes her such a great social worker, a great sense right. of humor. Um, and so for her, it's just been sharing that with me. And it's funny that we've known each other for so long, and it never came up in conversation. Mm. And and so it just kind of points to how different it is for everybody and how your upbringing can have a lot to do with with how it kind of presents and how you perceive it. And and so it's very much like a spectrum. Um, but talking to her really just was an empowering conversation for me too, um, because, you know, she kept pointing to all my attributes that she's seen over the many years that we've known each other. And that kind of boosted my my mood, you know, yeah. um, with the week that I've had. And then so it was nice to just, you know, be, to be seen because that's what we all deserve as as human beings. You know, we deserve to feel seen and understood and um, to have somebody that I've known for decades uh, to understand that she's also neurodivergent. Uh, and um, it's, it's really, it just kind of like warms my heart, you know, to know that we're all, like you said on Twitter, do you remember when you said we run in packs? <laughs> yes, I do. I've been thinking about that a lot lately, actually, um, because of something that I saw. I can't remember. Maybe it was just a meme some other account posted. But uh, yeah, that was um, no, it, it, there was something I retweeted a while ago and I retweet a fucking bajillion things. So I have to find it in my timeline somewhere. But um, yeah, it was about basically like if a lot of your friends are adhd are on the autism spectrum like you likely are too uh without knowing it just because you unconsciously yeah. gravitate towards people that get you and can relate to how you think because it's a little bit maybe different from how normal people do right yeah that's like yeah. the essence of being neurodivergent right I'm getting really emotional talking about this right now i'm not sure what's coming up for me right now it's interesting so i'm just gonna note that and kind of see if it passes or if i want to stay in it so yeah um <laughs> yeah. It's, I think it's been a very emotional week overall. I've, I've definitely had a lot of tears, you know, being new in therapy. There's a lot of things coming up. Um, so you were saying that, you you know, you've been feeling kind of low this week. And yeah. is that, do you want to talk about that? Sure. Yeah. Well, it's, it's largely money. Like, I mean, so... Um, that's that's been the biggest thing for me about kind of like uh, adjusting to not having the white collar corporate job that I used to um, is is the salary that came along with it. Um, so, you know, like I launching launching a business is an extremely difficult thing, even mm. during a normal time. Um, right now, it's an exceptionally difficult time for anyone to be launching any kind of business because just the economy is in total chaos. Nobody has any money to spend mm. except Jeff Bezos. So I got to, you know, how, how do I how do I get some of his money? But um, so um, <laughs> shit, where was I going with that? Uh, just that it's a difficult time to be starting a business. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So 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 then and then compounded that is that um, the best version of my business is one where I'm meeting with my clients in person. The best version of my business, uh, you know, we're up close. Uh, I'm making eye contact with them because, you know, they're sharing really vulnerable stuff with me, you know, like like 
what 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 are the kind of like messages that you want to present about yourself is like it seems like a straightforward question but people a lot of people never think about it and i think for a lot of people that's because they are like me so low on self-esteem that they think that thinking about what they want and need isn't even worth it and that's something we talked about i think a little bit last episode mm-hmm. um and so yeah so so the best version of that is me across from them in their kitchen with a cup of coffee mm. not over zoom with you know like lag outs and mm. one of us is muted sometimes and somebody's dog won't stop barking in the background or whatever mm-hmm. and like you know all, all these kind of myriad things so like it's you can still do it but it's a lot harder and it doesn't have the relationship building and the connection that is really what i value in that so you know all that is to say is that like i haven't been making very much money this last year so that's been stressful um Mm. and then yeah so like so so that's been tough um not getting out to kind of like be able to do my usual things is still tough i would i would absolutely fucking kill to go out and like literally go dancing for like all night I, I would I would love to go to like a drum and bass show or something. And every time I see, I follow a lot of uh, a lot of DJs, a lot of t- drum and bass DJs and producers on Twitter. And every time I see one of them, who's like, oh, off to New Zealand, and then they post a fucking video from that night of like just uh-huh. everybody going the fuck off at some rave. And I'm like, oh my god, like that 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 could be us, like you know, with mm. with uh uh leadership that wanted to do its job, like that could be. Canada that could be America we could be like locking down letting all this shit die out and getting back to normal um but you know like so anyway so so that's that's tough uh the money thing not getting out to do my things um and then uh yeah just like um well so so part of the money thing is that uh I was interviewing for this job that you and I were talking about a little bit uh, so I didn't end up getting that, um, which was a bit of a, I, yeah, I wasn't like, I was kind of like surprised, but not surprised because on the one mm-hmm. hand, I know that I was qualified for it. I mean, they had me in for three interviews. They took me seriously as a candidate, I'm sure. Like they're not going to waste their own time trying to flatter me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I suspect that the candidate that they did go with probably just had the experience that I don't because no matter how deep my knowledge base is and how good of a set of kind of like role-playing customer interactions I had with the manager uh, that third interview, it's still just like, it's been 15 years since I was on a shop floor. Like I'm trying Mm. to make a a totally lateral career move into a field where I have extremely deep knowledge. And I think um, I'm not, 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 not a unique aesthetic. Like I'm not going to say that like you can't point to what the influences are and like how I like to style things. But, um, but I think it's a defined one. I think that I have a distinct idea of what I like and I know how to communicate that, but I'm also fluent in other sort of visual languages, which is why I think I would be good at it. But I just, yeah, I I have 15 years experience building databases, not fucking selling luxury goods to people. It is what it is. Like, I I don't blame them at all for going with a candidate with experience. So, yeah. Oh, well, I'm, I actually thought you had it, you know, sometimes when you have a really good feeling and, you know, usually a third thing is like, that's the thing, right? So I am sorry to hear that. Um, And yeah, it was a bummer, but, um, you know, so, so there's a couple of things that I'm trying to like keep in mind, which is one, again, they did take me seriously. Yeah. Um, Two, that 
immediate term, because I don't, I'm not going to be jumping into a full-time position, I still have the time, like the, the sheer volume of time, as well as the flexibility of time to really pursue these other things that I'm doing and continue mm. to really lean into that while I'm still getting resumes out to other places. Um, but my immediate term money problems are now even worse than I thought that they were because I was like, this is going to be, you know, it's not what I was making in my old job, but it's not nothing, which is like, you know, I, I've been s barely squeaking by the last whatever, 14, 15 months. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, so, so that, that sucks. But the upshot to that is that I kind of, what, what, what I, what it's been making me think of is that what I have to do is kind of like take the energy that I've been putting into my client focused business, which will long-term, I think be the more important business, the bigger revenue generator, the one that I enjoy doing more and the one that people as a whole find more value from me, me producing information and and guiding people and that kind of stuff is more valuable that 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 spending my time that way is more valuable on a net than me spending my time measuring, photographing and processing vintage clothing for sale. Like mm. that's that's something that anyone can do. That's my strength in that business of mine lies in the sourcing. I know what to look for. I know what to pick out. I know how to describe it and I know how to find clients. But the the day-to-day -day stuff, like it's not, it's not interesting to me and I would rather be doing something fun and creative, but that's the stuff that generates revenue. And that's really the only part of the work that I've been doing for the last year that has been generating any revenue is the vintage clothing business. Mm. So it's like, okay, so what I've been doing for the last basically like six months um, with this image consulting business is, um, so, okay, so are, are you familiar with the idea of like working in your business versus working on your business? Yes, absolutely. Have we talked about this before? Okay. You so and I haven't, but I know, I know about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This was this was a totally new thing to me um, mm. that my friend Brooke told me about in the spring. Um, and yeah, so basically for the listeners who aren't familiar with this, um, the distinction that she drew for me was that working in your business is kind of your day to day tasks. And sorry, I'm, I'm getting a little dry milk. I got to take a sip here. Mm. Well, that's a fancy mug. Thank you. Um, yeah, my wife made it. Uh, this is one of hers. Oh, so cool. So, mm hmm. Um, but yeah, um, so working in your business is the kind of day-to-day -day tasks. And so mm -hmm. for my vintage clothing business, that is, um, sourcing, cleaning and repairing, photographing, measuring, listing, and shipping. Um, and then my image consulting business, the working in my business part of it is, uh, doing like posting, generating client leads, and actually working with clients. Um, mm. working on your business is supposed to be where you do the high level planning and you're thinking about like, okay, so what actually is my business about? Who are my customers? What do I want to do to get them all that kind of stuff? And what I realized, uh, is that, so I've spent all this time working on my image consulting business, but I haven't been working in it. I've had very, very few clients just for the reasons that I outlined earlier, right. uh, as well as that I'm, I'm new to it. Like I'm good at it, but business will come when I have proof of being good at it, which is clients. So mm -hmm. it's kind of a, you know, you, you can't get a job without experience sort of thing. Um, but yeah, so, so what I realized though, in doing all of this planning for this other business is that I've been running my, my vintage business for over a decade now. 
And I have never once worked on that business because largely the product has sold itself. I've always been selling relatively high-end designer clothing. Um, and so I've never had to worry about anything except for eBay's internal search engine. Because mm. their customer base was always big enough to drive all to, to drive enough business for me based on just me knowing how to keyword these items, right? So anyway, um, so 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 eBay's client base isn't what it used to be. There's so much more platforms for competition, especially vintage clothing specific platforms where mm. eBay's a catch-all. Um, and then there's also so much more competition in that sphere because in the last decade you know, um, everyone has gotten much more savvy about using the internet to find the same resources that I did to mm. learn about this stuff and educate themselves and uh, source and sell clothing themselves, right? So I've never had to do any marketing or any of that kind of stuff. And that's what I need to do. Like I need to mm. basically not price competitively against other eBay sellers and worry about eBay's internally generated client base or existing client base, which is what I have been doing but I need to set my arbitrary prices where I value things mm. and then bring my own clients to this platform that is, it's someone else's platform, but people aren't going to be going onto that platform, looking at what I have and then searching for similar things from someone cheaper, I hope. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so, 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 so that's what I've been doing is working on that business a lot this week and thinking about a lot of that stuff. And I had a lot of really great ideas today, which was why I was happy to get on the call and tell you about all the great week I was having or the great day, excuse me, I was having after a bad week with all the kind of like fun thinking I was doing. So, yeah, I think I just talked for about 10 minutes straight minutes there about uh, my businesses. So <laughs> hope you're enjoying this ADHD podcast. It's not at all like an MLM fucking small <laughs> entrepreneur uh, lifestyle business podcast, but <laughs> you're getting bonus content, I guess. <laughs> oh my goodness. But it's so great. And I'm actually, just when you say that, it just reminds me of this thing that I used to go to. It was like a morning networking thing when I was uh, trying to get my ghostwriting business off the ground a couple years ago. And uh, people spoke to that quite a bit at those meetings. But those meetings were always because, of course, I was undiagnosed at the time, were the absolute worst for my RS. SD because oh my God. it would be this room in like you know a shishi hotel somewhere in downtown Vancouver it'd be a breakfast meeting so um not really a morning person until I've had my warm beverage and everything and had time to stare at a wall yeah. so I would show up at these <laughs> things right and I would always feel like what I you know how I had shown up was not quite like in in line with what everybody else had going on and there would always be this um you were supposed to kind of do your pitch right like I'm so and so and I provide value by xyz and and some people you know be people from all kinds of businesses there right and some of them have been going for many years and and the whole principle behind the place and this I, the name of it is escaping me now they're worldwide um but you go and you basically refer your network to them and and then after you've referred to people there for long enough then oh bni the business network international i think is what it's called mm. And it's a bit like dodgy to me because it's like you have to invest like almost a year of going to these things. You sign up, you pay $1,000 for your membership. And, and it is kind of higher end in some ways. But it's also like one of the reasons I ended up not doing it aside from the obvious like initial big financial output was that somebody told me at a meeting I'd been going to them on and off for about six months. And somebody said, yeah, you know, I've been coming here almost a year and nobody's ref 
referred me anybody. And I was like, that's kind of a scam. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're referring people and constantly helping them, but no one's referring uh, business to you. Um, so it, it the whole idea for business of me kind of got a little bit sullied in that because um, because writing is so close to my heart. And the idea of being a ghostwriter is very appealing in terms of what your billing rate can be. But it's also, um, especially if you're working on somebody on a memoir project, which is deeply personal to them. And then for me at that time, also not understanding um, how I perceive feedback. Uh, and then, you know, sourcing clients and everything. And then finally finding somebody who's into it and then getting the contract all drawn up and then getting started and that person saying actually this is too traumatic for me I can't do it and then I'm like oh fuck there goes three months of income you know like so yep. for me it wasn't the most viable way for me to uh, try to run a business or you know make a living um, and that's when I decided to get back into marketing and communications and uh, go work at United Way um, but that that whole process while I was doing that I was also this is such a this is actually really interesting because it's not what we were thinking about talking about but um, at the time I read this book by um, Tara I. Trent I'm not sure if you're familiar with her um, she was once dubbed like Oprah's favorite guest of all time and, she, uh, and she's a woman who um, grew up in a really really difficult in, uh, environment in Africa and um, ended up overcoming all these challenges um, and I mean some of them are really horrific like abuse and all kinds of stuff but she her whole premise is that when you um, start to build a community and when you see how does she say it you ask yourself like what do you see in the world that breaks your heart what do you see in the world that you wish could be different and then you start to ask yourself how you can make an impact on that and then you start to ask yourself mm. how you can build a community around that um, and yeah. so when I read that, I started doing this late bloomers collective meeting where I would just invite um, female identifying people over the age of 30 who were coming into a new age of their life to just come to these things. And I would bring a speaker and stuff. And it was super fun. Um, and I kind of lost track of that because I got, of course, panicked about money because we have to live, right? We live in late stage capitalism. We have bills to pay and you got to eat. And um, mm -hmm. just talking to you now, I'm like, you know, what I see what you're doing with this podcast, with the other things that you do you are building community and you are seeing something like when you reached out to me and said hey I also have this thing this ADHD thing let's like start talking about it into a podcast wouldn't it be fun you're you're doing just that in a way does that make yes. sense you know like you're, no, you're building community and that's and that's so so what I've been thinking about it, it's interesting because when you were kind of initially describing these morning networking events I had a completely different idea of what you were talking about because Here's something that sounds crazy. I forgot that a world before the pandemic existed there for a little bit. Um, I forgot that you could do these things in a fucking brunch room at Hotel Arts with the round tables and the little tablecloth or whatever. Yeah. I forgot that, like, this wasn't always just a little fucking Brady Bunch Zoom time. Because, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, so, so yeah, so that was what, um, so in around November or so, uh, when I was kind of like working on my image consulting business, um, I was doing a lot of attending, excuse me, a lot of Eventbrite events, just mm. different kind of like things that weren't necessarily networking specific, but were related to fashion and style or some topics around that in some way. And yeah, and it was, it was, I, I started going because I wanted to, these things sounded interesting to me and I wanted to kind of like learn more about them. Um, but then, uh, and then the other part of it was that it was like free entertainment during the pandemic. Mm. Um, use the word entertainment loosely, maybe edutainment would be better. <laughs> um, 
but uh, uh, yeah, so um, so I started doing a lot of those, and I started to think of those as kind of like soft networking because you're not there explicitly to meet people, but if you're showing up, if like if you if you're showing up to a thing at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday about you know the history of the Baltimore Garment District, I'm using a specific real example of something I do mm. like. That's there's a, a very small cross section of people who are going to be at that. And odds are they are all very, very interested in some facet of like history or clothing or just Baltimore or whatever. But mm. either way, there's going to be someone there that's like interesting. And maybe, you know, I leave that meeting with an email. Maybe I don't. But maybe six weeks down the road, that same person is back in a different Zoom meeting on a different topic. And it's like, Oh, hey, that person. And, you know, we kind of chit chat or whatever. And again, maybe maybe neither of us ever generate any income for each other, but we're linked up on socials. We're commenting on each other's things. Mm -hmm. Other people are seeing that we're platforming each other on our own relatively small platforms. Mm -hmm. And all that, you know, builds the overall customer base, quote unquote, for our brands, quote unquote, which is, mm. you know, just more people to engage with us. Um, but then uh, also it, it, it's enriching even without the monetary aspect. Mm -hmm. And I actually find that non-monetary aspect more rewarding. Like that's that's the fun part for me is just getting to talk to people and learn about what makes them tick and just like chat about something fun that's like a shared specific topic that we both enjoy um but then yeah it's like if then we also know that the other has a very specific set of skills and we can drive people the other's way awesome right mm -hmm. but that's you know not necessarily like networking qua networking yeah, <laughs> right and and those are the kinds of events that that I found myself getting more drawn to as well um, before pandemic. And there's one here in Vancouver that's my absolute favorite called Creative Mornings, and they exist around mm. the world. I don't know if there's a branch in Calgary. You may even I be interested it, in no. it to, to sign up. There's one coming up first week in March. Um, and cool. um, Antonia Agendel, who was the first speaker at the Late Bloomers Collective I used to host, who's an incredible mm. person, um, and she's just doing wonderful work in the world um, and building this kind of... Um, tech hub um, for uh, BIPOC kids uh, in learning about science and technology. Mm -hmm. And it is just so great. Um, I just, I'm such a huge fan of her. So she's the speaker of March. And this isn't even an ad. Nobody, Mark Lissy, who, <laughs> you know, he, he, he's the chair of it or the kind of the guy. And uh, he didn't ask me to say this, but I just mm -hmm. love it because it's, that's exactly it. It's always a really interesting um, conversation that's happening and it's people do end up connecting and some things end up happening. I ended up, I did end up meeting a, a ghostwriting client there at one point back when they were in person um, at the SFU con campus in uh, downtown. Um, but I think that that points to a big part of ADHD is that um, we, we don't have a very large tolerance for insincerity. Um, and so yeah. like I pick up on it right away if I'm at an event and somebody is just like shoving an MLM thing. Yeah. pure schmoozing and I, I did you know i made the mistake of giving somebody a card who started sending me like mlm text message shit and i was just like i don't want to be in whatever this thing is you're doing where i would pay you thousands of dollars like whatever pyramid scheme thing you got yeah. going on I'm, I'm not i'm out right um but i think that that is a, a really good part of like i think that's actually an amazing quality to have because we do have these filters that 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 give us a really good sense of what our values are and our intuition is quite uh, strong 
And I think that's a well, good thing. It- yeah. It, it's interesting because you're I had up until like literally two sentences ago also characterized it as kind of like intuition and blah blah blah. Mm. Um and and what I'm realizing though is that it might also be kind of that same hypervigilance that we've been talking about around RSD is because because we bruise easily, so to speak, emotionally, mm. we're always on the lookout for people who may hurt us. Mm. And part of that is looking for people who don't, you know, walk their talk, so to speak. Their their actions don't line up with their motivations or whatever in, in some way. Um, and so, yeah, so that's like maybe a version of that is kind of just spotting that um, that disparity, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, yeah. that disconnect. So, yeah. Yeah, like the, the, the shiny white teeth and the styly outfit, but you got shifty eyes. I don't think so. Absolutely. <laughs> you know. Uh, you want to you hear something funny? The, uh, the, the strangest place that I have ever gotten an MLM pitch um, uh, was an improv drop-in. Uh, there was a guy that like showed up sometimes and was always wearing a suit. And like a super put together, like classically good looking guy, athletic, like muscular um, and yeah, and, and like powerful voice and all this stuff. But I was always just kind of like, what, what? Like, I, I didn't get why he wanted to like spend his Saturdays hanging out with these fucking misfits. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know, shouldn't she be playing tennis or something? Um, but yeah, but but yeah. And then uh, when I got the the MLM pitch from him, it all clicked for me because I was like, oh, OK, so yeah, because it's like kind of a classic thing that like so there there's two, two, two archetypes of people. They're not the only two, but I'm saying two of the archetypes of people that end up at level one improv classes and drop ins are people whose therapists sent them there to either kind of like build confidence or learn how to talk to people or make friends or learn how to make mistakes. That's one. And then the other one is people who are taking some sort of like business class or like um, get better at public speaking, Mm. bag more clients. And a big part of that is knowing how to think on your feet and like address what the person is saying but then also say, but your concerns aren't wrong. My product actually actually will solve your problem, and here's why. You do in fact want my product, even though you've just told me you don't. And that's that's a thing <laughs> that improv teaches you is like, I am valuing the information you're giving me. I'm going to repeat it back to you, and I'm going to further this conversation by still trying to kind of get my thing that I want out of you. Mm. That's that's a skill that is really 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 good to learn. Uh, excuse me, effective to learn through improv. And so mm. that's why a lot of MLM people also end up, especially in the be- just the beginning levels of those things. Oh, I, had to, <laughs> I had no idea. Wow. Yeah, that's really, that is really interesting, actually, because um, I was going to uh, Toastmasters. I went to a couple of them just because I thought, I say I'm too much. And I, I, I love um, hosting things and public speaking. And I, even in Calgary, I used to do those events at the area, the, um, we have something to show Holy you. And they area. were, oh my God, I forgot about that. I used to love doing those, right? They were kind of like a, you know, this like punk rock literary salon, but like it was super fun. <laughs> and, and, and Absolutely. I thought, I, you know, I'm going to go to Toastmasters because they're supposed to be the public speaking people. But it was so rigid that I just didn't enjoy it because they were like, oh, you said, um, like, I, I never, I think I got up once or twice, but um, people were like, really, um, you know, talking about whatever, whatever story it was that they were sharing, um, they had really been practicing and, and it was very polished and very TED talky and lots of pacing back and forth across mm-hmm. the stage and stuff. But I just, to me, it just didn't really resonate as being all that authentic. Um, because, totally. you know, I, I'd like to be as succinct as I can when I'm sharing things. but. Um, 
that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean that it's gonna um resonate for people though totally um and and so yeah i think that the um those kinds of things i've just kind of stopped i don't know how that would even look mm. online i guess people would just do it in the brady bunch thing and then have their little breakout rooms or something i don't probably, know probably yeah but it is it's nice to think about pre-pandemic get-togethers I know we're yeah, kind of running totally. short on time. Oh, it's okay. We 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 can we can go another ten. We can go another ten. I'll I'll do duck off at ten after. Um. So um. Okay. I. Oh yeah. So so here's. I'm gonna like reframe the Toastmasters thing slightly because this is something that I've been thinking about a lot. Is that it might not be that. Um. I I I kind of I'm starting to think about this stuff. And getting because I, I I would have the same I haven't done Toastmasters, but I part of the reason I haven't done Toastmasters is because I know myself well enough to know that I would bristle at the exact same kind of shit that you're talking about. Like mm. it just it just does not vibe for me. And I know that if I don't get to color outside the lines to some degree in the bounds of whatever it is that I'm doing, mm. then I'm not going to enjoy myself. And especially if there's not if there's somebody there who is, you know, the nun with the ruler whacking my hand whenever mm -hmm. my shit kind of gets out of control. So the thing is, is that like, I, I totally understand that that's not for me, but where my thinking has kind of changed in the last little bit is that the old me would get very kind of like, would, would take offense to that, would take actually umbrage with it and would be like, fuck you fascist. Oh, you like <laughs> fucking Toastmasters, huh? You got all your little rules. If you fucking... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you get it aligned. The headmaster docks you points. You fucking love that shit, don't you? You fucking love it. And where I am now is more like, okay, no, that's not fair. That's a totally unfair characterization of, of that. Where I am now is like, okay, I'm treating it more like, thinking of it like sonnets, where it's like, this is an incredibly strict form mm. and people are, the, the, the form is integral to what people like about it. Like you cannot separate mm. the form from people's enjoyment of the content produced within it mm. people, the, the, these these aren't you're not you're not at a gathering of poetry lovers you're at a gathering of sonnet lovers they don't want to hear haiku they definitely do not want to hear free verse they they're there for fucking sonnets and sonnets only and so it's just like well okay i'm not at the sonnet appreciation club because i don't like sonnets so mm. it's fine that i'm not at toastmasters because it's just like that that form isn't interesting to me. Yeah. But you know, there there's not I, I I I'm trying to get out of the habit of characterizing people who like things that I don't like as like shitty people. That's so well said. <laughs> or like morally flawed. That's right. Just like dismiss them. You know, you're banished because you don't think exactly like I do. I'm going back to my silo. Fuck you. Um, and especially where it's matters of art or aesthetics. Politics, yeah. I think I I can get righteously angry about. But you know, it's like okay, yeah, fine, maybe, you know, okay, you, you, you think that abstract art is stupid. Like, you, you like fucking purely representational art. Like, I think that that's a stupid Philistine attitude to have, mm. but it's not that important. So it's like, yes. I, I can assume naivete on that person's part and not uh you know like uh, just just not take a bad faith read on it basically so yeah i think that's so you know what the word that's coming up for me is is generous right and it's something that um i think kind of gets a little bit uh conditioned out of us uh, in our sort of hyper competitive society even in the arts community right it's like um i i prefer this and so therefore i am more um i'm more nourished and more advanced and i have a better pedigree <laughs> um financially or whatever financially created 
creatively than you do and um you know our runs in my blood you know um <laughs> you know that kind of condescension and i you know certainly come across that in my life as well uh, but I, I do think that it is a it's just better to be more generous and my favorite artists writers creatives are more generous in spirit because they understand that it's not always a competition um and there is definitely enough to go around creatively um certainly yes. you know the financial um challenges of it um you know i've been there uh, my partner's been there um and you know for those that don't know he's a visual artist and he has definitely been through the lean times right um but one thing that he's very adamant about is you know supporting each other's work emotionally and like just being there yes. um for and even if, and even his some of his his greatest closest friends he he just doesn't necessarily like their new direction that they're going in and that's okay and they can have a conversation about it and then like crit yep. critique it in a way that is um still compassionate and kind and respectful right and so you know when you're saying that i'm like oh yeah you know what like toastmasters it's a good jam for people that just want to learn to how to get up and speak in public without like going to pieces and they and they need that structure in order to do that um and they need somebody they need somebody there like you said like with the ruler to say no more umming you can't do that because you know and and i think that's pretty cool but i can also say that it's not for me now after having tested yeah. it out and i think i am getting a little bit better now um and especially lately and i just bought one of her shirts just bought black girl lost keys guard your yes oh cool um, which I'm really stoked about um, because that's something I have to I'm learning now is like um, that my time is is more finite than I realized and I need to kind of be more to be in the places that are nourishing to be in the places that um, help me understand myself and my brain my neurodivergent brain um, but just like collectively to support other people um, in places where I feel respected and seen um, and not necessarily go to a place where people have a different need like their, their needs are you know they want to be able to give a TED talk because they're a Coach or whatever and you yeah, gotta have a ted totally. talk if you're a coach apparently you know <laughs> um yeah and and i think that that's and, and that's where it's interesting because like so the value for me in toastmasters would be where in my businesses do i need to be able to talk like a ted talk guy where do i need to be able to to what what, what can i learn from this form even if i don't care for it aesthetically what what where can I use this like for so that that's another kind of like lateral example here is like I've taken a lot of stuff a, a lot of workshops in improv that's that are like Shakespeare or whatever even though I don't I don't really give a shit about Shakespeare if that makes me a Philistine fine but like I don't I don't give a shit about it but it's just another kind of tool in the toolbox right it's something to kind of like bring out. And that's that's kind of the same sort of approach, I feel like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it just it makes sense for the folks that it makes sense for. Um, yes. and, and that's a good thing. And yeah, with the Shakespeare thing, I used to be so into his sonnets. That's what's so funny when I was younger. I, <laughs> I could like, re I remember being at the warehouse back in the day, and like quoting Shakespeare sonnets, like there's like death metal or whatever playing in the background or goth music. I was just like, I was gonna say I was picturing like, I, I'm, I'm picturing you like, I, I'm I okay. <laughs> This is pure conjecture on my part. We got three minutes left or so. <laughs> um, I'm going to paint a quick picture of what I imagine this scenario unfolding like, and you mm. tell me how accurate I am. Mm. So Robbie McDonald is, um, let's see here. What is she wearing? Robbie McDonald has a, I'm picturing you in kind of like a early hole slash babes in Toyland look with like a baby doll dress and a leather jacket over top and some sort of big shit kicker boots. Yeah. And probably a toque, not unlike the one you're wearing right now. <laughs> Alternative to the leather jacket would be like an oversized Cobain kind of cardigan, um, maybe with even with a flannel underneath. So I'm picturing you a few drinks deep, 
I'm going to say vodka tonics is what you're drinking at this point in your life. And you are absolutely screaming up at someone because you're super into some tall guy who's just like kind of maybe semi ignoring you, but he's really, really tall and he probably has really, really good hair. And he probably has a body fat percentage around three to 4%. (laughs) And what I'm hearing in the background right now as all this is happening is uh, stabbing westward is playing. You're so spot on about this, Jordan, with the exception of what I would have been drinking, which would have been gin and club soda with a slice of wine. That's not, that's not that far off. That's not that far off. Everything else, yeah, too super tall, dismissive guy, the big boots, the frock, the sweater, everything. Oh, the toque, still with the toques, right? <laughs> That's like so great. Oh my God. Yeah. Woo. That's a good one. That was a lot of fun for me to do. Thank you for indulging me. Oh, it was my pleasure. That's super fun. I'm so glad we do these things. I know you got to jet off, so um, we can uh, end things here. And then if we need to uh, record a little bit afterwards, we could do it later. And hopefully my other mic will be working by then. Great. Yeah. Um, and I will make sure to charge my phone so that I have enough battery to do this again if I need to. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, Jordan. Have fun at your next All right. Well, thing. yeah, this was fun. Um, I'm glad that we got a chance to catch up. And I'm sorry I talked about myself so much, but I'm also not sorry because I haven't really been talking to many people this week. And clearly I had a lot of stuff on my mind that I needed to articulate. So, yeah. No, it's good to talk about this stuff. And I'm glad you can you can share it. It's good. Yeah. You're, you're actually in a better place than you probably know. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Okay. All right. Well, um, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a text later and, uh, and yeah, have a good one. You too. Talk soon. Thanks. Ciao. Bye.